It's time for JT the Brick. I love you, JT. You're a very honest person, and you have never shied away from the truth. Here we go again. Do it. Do it. All hands on deck. I'm coming to get you. Bring the energy that I bring. Do something. Get out of the soft zone. I won't waste your time. Your time is valuable to me. I don't hold back on anything. We're doing our job. As I often say, Raider Nation Unite, this would be a good time to pretend you're all in. Man, do I sound Mr. Wonderful and optimistic, huh? JT the Brick. I'm done with. We got to clean it up. Done. Clean it up is over. It's put up or shut up week. There are no rules here. Bobby insists. No rules. That's kind of a hostile work environment for me. Is it too soft? I'm salty. I'm pissed off. But I want to see some violence. The wolves are at the door. This is it. You got me? This is it. Let's stop this. Let's get to work and do your job. And now. Let's go. Here's JT the Brick. Oh, thanks for coming back, JT. Thanks to Tommy White and the 872 Laborers. We'll have Tommy on next week. Uh, they build this town on time and on budget. The 872 Laborers, proud partner of this broadcast. And every game I go to, I go up to Tommy's suite, shake his hand. I thank him for the business. I thank him for the great. He has workers in his suite, individuals who are working these great jobs, helping to build Vegas and build it up faster than any city I've ever seen in my life, man. I, I, I get around a little bit. I'm going to Chicago this weekend. I would rather live in Vegas than Chicago, but I love visiting Chicago because it's a big city, massive city, unbelievable restaurants, nightlife, all that. But I just love Vegas, you know. Uh, before we get Vinny Bonsignor up, it seems like there's no answer. There shouldn't be an answer yet on Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going to wait and see what happens with Jimmy G over the next couple of days. When we do get that information, we'll go from there. And I think Brian Hoyer, for me, is the better choice to play over Aiden O'Connell. But that is a topic for fans to react to, and I'm a fan behind the microphone. So I want to hear your reaction as we welcome in Vinny Bonsignor, who joins us from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Vegas Nation, and on our flagship morning show. And Vinny, I heard you ask the first question about Jimmy G. I expected the answer. Uh, What was it like at practice today with the quarterbacks? Yeah, uh, and no Jimmy G uh, today uh, at practice. So uh, Aiden O'Connell and uh, Brian Hoyer will will uh, both get prepared as if they can uh, potentially start this game on, on Sunday. I don't think a, a, a final decision uh, has been made yet in which direction they go um, if Jimmy G can't go. But, you know, here's the thing. This is a, uh, a winnable game without question, uh, especially now that Justin Fields may probably won't play, although, um, you know, that, that hasn't been determined uh, yet as well. Even with him on the field, it's a vulnerable Chicago Bears team, uh, a team that the Raiders need to beat one way or another. Uh, especially as they look at the, the next four games. And, you know, it's too early to start talking about the playoffs, obviously. Mm-hmm. But these next four games and how the Raiders manage it are going to determine whether or not they're going to have a legitimate chat or shot uh, or discussion of, you know, making a postseason run or a run at the postseason. So interesting to see how they're going to handle this uh, this game that's a, a must-win for them in terms of their playoff hopes. Uh, Vinny, this is a different injury, right? He was concussed earlier this year. He came off a foot procedure in the offseason. He's missing time. He's missing practice. What jumped out at me when you said he's not at practice today, could that be the overall problem this year with Jimmy Garoppolo is he's just not around a lot, mostly the preseason. He didn't get enough reps, so he didn't come out of the gate and continue to play at a very high level. Yeah, and this is, um, you know, uh, this is kind of what the Raiders knew that they were signing up for when they signed Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Um, you know, he's missed a lot of football games uh, over his career. He's only finished one season where he actually played all 16 games, and there's been seasons where he's missed 13 games, where he's missed 10 games. Um, so uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's pretty spotty in terms of that. So they knew that there was probably a likelihood that there would be a game or games where Jimmy Garoppolo simply wasn't available because that's kind of who he is. So, um, yes, to, to answer your question, that is, it's an issue, um, right? Because he didn't have an off season and he was coming off a surgery and he didn't really uh, get into the swing of football things until training camp. And even at that point, he was on a pitch count. He was on a day count. Uh, there, were, there were baked in days off for him. Uh, so he wasn't out there all the time. And, and as we've seen so far this year, this will be uh, the second time in, in, what, three weeks where he's probably going to miss, you know, a, a lot of practice and preparation for, for a game coming up. He's already missed six quarters, one full game, two, uh, two quarters on Sunday against uh, the Patriots. So mm-hmm. it's just something that the Raiders are – I think they, they went in with eyes wide open, but something that they're going to have to manage this year. Vinny Monsignor's our guest. Vinny, this is a tough one because – Josh McDaniels doesn't have to give us much information, nor should he. He doesn't want to prepare Chicago in advance of this game. But I'm sensing there's going to be different spots where he might want to use a different quarterback of these two. In this spot, they got to win it. It's an inferior opponent. Brian Hoyer brings a lot more experience on the road. But the next game on Monday night's a better opponent. It's also on the road. And I think Aiden O'Connell would be the better choice in a shootout or a game that you'd have to go over 30 points. Do you think it's going to be a situation where they'd stick with one guy over an extended period of time or they'd flip back and forth? Well, you know, and, and obviously that would be predicated on, uh, on whether or not Jimmy can, is going to miss one game, mm-hmm. any games, or, or even that two games uh, with the Detroit Lions. Um, yeah, that would be interesting to see how they handle uh, if, if Jimmy's not going to be able to play for two weeks. Uh, that is a big stage on a Monday night. Um, I think I think I think part of that would be all right. Who did start on Sunday against the Bears? How did they do? Um, you know, if, if it's Aiden O'Connell, he goes out there and, and equips himself. And you got to remember that he played reasonably well against the Chargers, and he got progressively better, which is you know kind of what you, you hope for in that kind of a situation. So um, you know, uh, theoretically, if he does get the start on Sunday, that's more you know uh, time at task. That's more. Um, you know, hopefully in his case, in the Raiders' case, getting better. And so maybe that sets up pretty well uh, for, for the Detroit Lions game. And I think, look, if I'm, if I'm making the decision, I could see it going both ways with Hoyer or with O'Connell. But I think I like the thought of starting O'Connell against Chicago. And if for whatever reason uh, it goes sideways or he's just not effective, you always can turn back to Brian Hoyer in that situation. And I think the Raiders would prefer to have the veteran – on the sidelines in case you need him, and then start the rookie and see what you're going to be able to get for, out of him. And hopefully it's, it's good. You don't have to turn to the veteran, but you have the veteran there just in case. Vinny Monsignor. So, Vinny, breaking down the stats and the stats they provide us heading into each game, the one that really jumps out at me that gives Chicago a puncher's chance is they're running it for 136 yards a game. Compared to the Raiders at 73.5. I mean, that's a big swing in a stat here. I don't know how Chicago can't come into this game saying that they're going to run the football. Now, the Raiders' run defense has improved, which is a good thing coming in. But Chicago makes their bones running the football. They only pass it for 188 yards a game. The Raiders over 218. So do you sense that 
with Tyson Bajan, he's going to hand it off on first and second down. They're going to let him run on third or throw short passes. What do you think the game plan should be? Yeah, and you know, part of that run game for the Bears is also they've got almost a second running back at quarterback mm-hmm. in Justin Fields when he's in there. Although uh, the rookie from Shepherd uh, is also, you know, he can also uh, make some plays with his legs. You know, no doubt he's not he's not Justin Fields out there. So if you take Fields out of the equation, mm-hmm. you know, I think that that puts a, a little bit of a damper on their on their run game and their ability to to run at full force. So you know, we'll see if Justin Fields is out there, but. I agree with you regardless, too, is that, you know, the Raiders' defense, yes, they've given up, uh, you know, some big plays in the running game, uh, but, but by and large they've played pretty stout uh, in, on that, uh, in that phase of the game. And they've done a really good job also of limiting big passing days uh, as well. I really like where this defense uh, is right now and, and how it's been playing and the likelihood that it could also get uh, better as the year goes on, especially when you talk about bringing back at eight Hobbs and just getting more healthy and, Tyree Wilson starting to uh, get a little bit better as the year goes on. But, uh, but yeah, to me it's going to be – I don't know what the Bears' game plan is going to be, especially if they have to go to their rookie quarterback, uh, because there's not a whole lot of places to attack this Raiders' defense right now. Uh, they've done a good job at all three levels of kind of leveling it up and playing good, solid football. Wrapping it up with Vinny Bonsignor. So, Vinny, this is an important one. Everybody's trying to figure out Devontae's body language. The body language of Max is always great and how happy this team is. I know because I'm in the building a lot. It's not a divided locker room. All the big leaders talk highly of the coach and their position coaches here overall. But the offense has struggled mightily, and there isn't a lot of distribution. You know, the last game before this, Green Bay, nine guys touched the ball, which is better. Michael Mayer had a great first start half of the game, and he's a big target there. Do you think the distribution – is going to change dramatically. Should we even talk about it if it's Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell for one game? Yeah, I think there's going to be a conservative effort to continue to try to figure out ways to um, offset what defenses are doing against Devontae Adams. And and he is a focal point, you know, he, and, and, and he draws attention. And that's a tricky thing to deal with as a quarterback because, you know, sometimes there's, there's some counterintuitive uh, uh, thoughts that you guys that that you have to have as a quarterback, which is that's being, you know, he's double team. I need to go elsewhere with the ball, but he's also Devontae Adams who can beat double teams. So uh, you know, even though my mind says and I've been taught to go elsewhere with the ball when there's so many bodies devoted to one player, that player sometimes supersedes that type of coverage. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a mind trick sometimes for the quarterback to say, you know what, it might you know for a normal wide receiver, that's not where to go with the ball. But with Devontae Adams, it's okay to take some chances, uh, even though he has uh, defended the way the way teams are defending him. So, and it kind of comes and goes. Like, let's not forget, didn't he have a game recently where he had 17 catches? I think it was, mm-hmm. or you know, well over 100 yards. So, uh, it's, it's sometimes in the ebb and flow of the season. This was certainly the case last year as well. It's going to come. It's going to go. Um, and I think he wants to win, and he feels like. Um, you know, he, he gives the team the best chance to win by putting the ball in his hands as much as possible. So, yeah, I'm sure there was some frustration these last couple of games, uh, but that's where conversations come into play. That's where trust comes into play. That's where open-door policies come into play. He goes in there and talks to Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels about, about his feelings and his thoughts and his ideas on how to get the ball uh, to him a little bit uh, more, and obviously they're going to listen. So it's things that you talk out and you discuss during the course of the season – but I'll say this, I, I would almost venture to say by the end of the year, 
Devontae is going to have a typical Devontae Adams mm-hmm. year. We're just in a situation right now these last couple of weeks where it's almost inevitable that inevitable period of the season where a couple of teams decided to overdo it in terms of defending him, and the numbers show that, but it'll all even out before, yeah. before it's been done. I agree. Last one, Vinny. You talk to a lot of GMs around the league. You have a lot of sources. What does everybody think the Raiders are at now? What's at stake with Chicago with a win and how the Raiders can handle the rest of the season, especially with the Giants and the Jets coming to town the next time the Raiders are home? Yeah, I think that uh, these next four games are going to define whether or not the Raiders you know, can honestly say, hey, we've got a shot here uh, at making a, a run at the postseason. And so, but it, takes, it requires them taking care of business these next four weeks. You know, it's, it's hard to sit here and say that they're going to go to Detroit and beat a really good Lions team. But when you talk about the Bears, when you talk about the Giants, when you talk about the Jets, those are games, especially Giants and Jets being at home, mm-hmm. those are games that the Raiders absolutely should be competitive with. And if they handle their business these next four weeks adequately, they can honestly say, all right, where we need to be in terms of potentially making a run uh, at, at the playoffs. Uh, I do expect that the Raiders are going to uh, be dabbling in the trade uh, business, whether it's you know moving a player or players or bringing in players uh, as well. Maybe those that could be a... Uh, a, mute, not, a non-mutually exclusive situation there. Maybe you could trade a player to get something uh, to show up in an area. So I would expect them to be aggressive in at least talking and being open-minded to making some trades. So uh, we'll see. And that's coming up in a couple of weeks as well, the trade deadline. We'll see what the Raiders think of themselves in terms of how they handle that trade deadline. Absolutely. Where will your fans be drinking tequila this week and as you and I are in Chicago? Yep, uh, absolutely. You could go to uh, Red Cow. Um, is a great server of those kind of tequila if you want to go catch the games uh, there. Uh, Bugsy and Myers, the the, uh, the count room. Uh, there's a lot of different places uh, here in, in, in Las Vegas where you could go check out some uh, some games and have some fun and enjoy some Dos Cotas tequila. Take care, Vinny. I'll see you in Chicago. Thank you, JT. Vinny, you, you got it. Vinny Bonsignor at practice. Vinny uh, said that he, Garoppolo wasn't at practice today. We expected that and we'll act accordingly here. I interview the coach tomorrow. First thing I'm going to say is, how's it been preparing the other quarterbacks this week? When I interview them one-on-one, I don't say, tell me about Jimmy G. I, don't, I only get nine, ten minutes with him. I'm not going to waste a question on, we know what Jimmy G is. He's hurt. When he's ready to tell us he's healthy, he will. And that, there's an art to that in regards to trying to sit down with a coach in the home stadium, in the home building, and have a relationship and ask some questions about where the team's going. And the quarterback, I don't waste my time on injured guys. I'm not going to ask where is Nate Hobbs at when he's going to just tell me he's coming along. I don't have enough time. i got to get the questions in on the opponent, what happened in the last game, what needs to improve. And tomorrow he might sit down and look at me right before the interview, which he did a couple of weeks ago, and say, Jimmy's good to go. Remember when Jimmy was coming back and we talked about it, we included it in there. I doubt that's going to happen tomorrow. And if I ask him, Coach, who do you have ready? Aiden O'Connell and, you know, Brian Hoyer is going to say they'll both be ready. You know, that's the way coaches don't want to tip their hat to the opponent. They care about that. This is their life. Anything that slips out that could give the other team an advantage, they're not going to do it. Not, the head coach isn't going to do it. A player might do it. That's why you got to be careful having a player on the radio or TV or on social media because you don't want the players saying certain things because some of them are young and they're just not astute to being in the media. So this game is probably going to come down to the wire. My gut tells me, my gut says that Jimmy will be ruled out 
before the plane leaves. My gut tells me that. I hope I'm wrong. I'm hope he's on the plane Friday, and there's a chance he can play. Because if there's a chance he could play, he should play. If they say, hey, man, this is better than we thought, you're good. Then he's got to get out there and play. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. He's the franchise quarterback. But if they say, no, we're just not comfortable with you, you felt something when you went down, you had to go to the hospital, it was something internally, we're not going to put you at risk. Then we just focus and get up for the quarterback that gets announced. And it'd be nice if Josh Jacobs had a big game. You know, I'm looking at this game, Bobby, that I'm going to with my wife and a couple of friends. I don't want to see handoffs all day up the middle. <laughs> That's what this game's looking like. What, is the Bears going to quit and just hand it off on every play up the middle? Are we going to handle it, hand it off 33 times again? The entertainment value won't be that great, but I don't care about the entertainment. I care about my job, the show, and winning. W's. So do it any way you can, man. Any way you can. Rebels are 5-1. and one. Woo! And they're going up against my good friend, Jay Norvell, who's a good friend, the coach of the other team. But uh, I like the Rebels. I live in Vegas. I'd like to see them win. A lot of my buddies now are all of a sudden texting me. Would you like to go to the Rebels? Uh, sure, I would. Sure, I would like to go to the Rebels, your tailgate. I'm, I'm out of town this weekend, but keep the invites coming to the Rebel game. Bobby, you know, back in the day, it was like, how many tickets you need, JT? 10, 20? No, I just need one. I mean, me, me, my wife, will, she's working or something. Well, well, both of us will go. But now, all of a sudden, people want everybody to go to the Rebels. I love this. Yeah, the button there. Uh, so everybody wants to go to the Rebels here. Keep going to the Rebels. And keep having fun. And we want everybody to have a good time. You know, I got to tell you, th- for decades, it is the Rebel football program has been like, you leave four tickets on your windshield, somebody breaks your windshield and leaves six more. <laughs> it's been that bad. Can you, honest, dude, you've been as long as I have. I have been can here you, a long time. Can you imagine? They're five and one. They're one more game away from being bowl eligible in October? Yes. I just care about them getting in a good bowl game. It'd be nice to have a nice bowl game for UNLV to go to where people can say that's a bowl game I've heard of. Do you know a couple of people actually voted for UNLV for the top 25 this week? They deserve it. Five and one. That's good. UNLV. That is amazing yeah. to me. They've, I mean, usually two wins, three wins, that's the best you're going to yeah. get. Five and one? Yeah, we don't want to go to a mayonnaise bowl. We want to go to a real bowl that people know about. I'll even go to Sun Bowl. Whatever the bowl is, let's get some Rebel fans to call in, too. We also have some Golden Knight highlights. We'll tie that into Kevin Bollinger, who's going to join us in a little bit. 702-365-9200. Tomorrow, the head coach, my conversation. Friday, I'm off traveling with the team. Got an event at Allegiant Stadium in the morning, which I'm excited to work with, with a couple of alumni. And then we're back to work next week with an interesting week, an extra day to prepare for Monday Night Football against the Detroit Lions. Oh, I'm already sick of this Detroit so good crap. Oh, don't get me going. Don't get me going. The Raiders have been a great franchise for 50, 60 years. On and off, there's been some rough years. It's Every year's been rough for Detroit. Stop with this Detroit's great crap. They look better than the Raiders this year, but don't treat them like the Niners or Kansas City. Stop that. We got, a, we got more than a puncher's chance to beat Detroit. Patriots come with a blitz. Boyer back to pass. Off his back foot. Taking a shot down the middle. He's got Tucker in stride at the 25. And he's brought down at the Patriots 21. He got behind Jonathan Jones for a 48-yard strike from the 38-year-old. 
Jason Horowitz on the call. JT back. Good to see Jason. Last week, I'll see him in Chicago. If you want to get through on the game plan, it's now official. Nothing's official on Jimmy G, but it's official on this show. We're asking you, who would you play? I think that's one of the biggest topics that I've brought out to this platform in a long time. Do you want Aiden O'Connell or do you want Brian Hoyer? You're the fans of the Raiders. You got my opinion. I give it first. You never doubt I'll have an opinion. My opinion on this game is Brian Hoyer. Others are out there, insiders, saying Aiden O'Connell. Some suggest he's going to start. If he does, I'm not right or wrong. I don't care if I'm right or wrong. I want to know what you think. Who, th- who gives the Raiders a better chance to win? I think whoever's going to be. But I don't know how to hand it off to Josh Jacobs because the Raiders aren't going to win if he has another 60-yard game. If this guy comes through with 60, 65 yards in a contract year, I don't know what to say. He's playing for a contract, like it or not. For those who wanted to pay Josh, took a lot of those calls too. Pay Josh me, uh, play uh, Josh three years. Go out and give him, you know, three more years. Josh Jacobs. Well, how do you feel about that now? Watching this offensive line with him. Do you think he deserved that money? I do. I, I think we all believe that Josh Jacobs deserved a contract. It was a business decision. It was an absolute business decision with the situation the Raiders were in, the ability to have a franchise tag, which is an asset to a GM. It's nice to have that in your back pocket. A lot of fans called in and said, pay Josh, pay Josh. I'm not hearing that from anybody now. Nobody. Bueller, nobody. So the game plan is critical to me because if it's such a weird game because the quarterbacks are hurt on both teams, why not just run the ball with the leading rusher and hope you get out of dodge with the win? I don't think anybody believes this team can run the ball, run it consistently for a big number. Where is the big number? It should come in this game. Chicago's got a good run defense. I get it. The Raiders have the leading rusher. Something it's got to give. Why not the advantage to Colt Miller? Andre James had a really good grade, really good. The top center grade of pro football focus, coming off a good game. Dylan Parham, what can they do? Van Roten, I don't think, has been a good player there. They should have had someone better at right guard than the right guards they have on this team. And the right tackle still a work in progress. Illuminor and Mumford are not elite players. They're not elite. They decided to go there. Okay, one of those guys got to have a big game. I would run it behind Colt Miller all day long. He's not Art Shell, but he's going to turn out to be one of the better left tackles that the Raiders have had. Ask Lincoln Kennedy. Lincoln speaks highly of him. So let's see Colt Miller have a big game where he can run and pancake some people. Trent in West Virginia, you're up next. Thanks for calling. Hey, thanks, JT. First time, long time. Thanks. Hey, just want to just uh, uh, touch base real quick with you guys about Tyson. I, I live right outside uh, Shepard, saw Tyson play a lot of games. Oh, you did, and he can and he can really he can really sling it, JT. So I think that we just gotta, you know, tr- treat him like he, in my opinion, mm-hmm. treat him like he's, you know, one of the better ones in the league, because I think at the end of the day, like the way he can spin that ball, he's very mm-hmm. smart, very intelligent. He makes really really good decisions. You know, he didn't lead, he didn't lead the NCAA and, and, and touchdowns for no reason. So he's not, um, mm-hmm. he's not an also, he's not an he's not an also ran. He's not a he's not a bum, if you will. Like I said, he can he can really sling it, JT. Well, you saw him play live. Did you go to the school and watch him play? Is that what you're saying, or you catch him on TV? No, I, I, I went to the school and watched him play. Oh, good. Him play a couple games, you know. So he's really, like I said, he's really, really smart player. Mm-hmm. He can sling it, and uh, he makes really, makes really good decisions. Okay, thank you. Appreciate the call, Tyson Bajan, the all-time touchdown leader in the history of college football, but went to Division Two and wasn't drafted. That gentleman saw him play a lot. Says so a good decision maker and can sling it. 
will keep that in mind. I, I would guess so, too. And he's got D.J. Moore to throw Hail Marys to and to throw deep balls to and just throw him up some 50-50 balls. This could be a big Marcus Epps game because if he's going to be safety over the top on D.J. Moore, there could be some 50-50 balls he's going to have to go out and get. Jorge's in San Jose. Thanks for calling. Good to hear from you again. Hey, JT. Thanks for no. uh, taking my calls again. You know, I just want to give you a huge shout-out. I was uh, tuning into your YouTube live. Just love uh, hearing just your takes. And so Thank wishing you. you the best with that. Um, you know, moving on to the Raiders, I I feel like I'm split, JT. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know if that's just because of the narrative of of who we have at quarterback right now. And so I'm not really sure at this, to this at least today, Wednesday, who the starting quarterback should be. And I think that's concerning because sometimes it should be kind of automatic, you know, who, and I'm not discrediting Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell. I think I'm ambivalent on the topic because I think that they both bring value to our offense. They both have power. They both understand the system. Obviously Hoyer has more experience. And so I think with that being said, I think he should have a chance. Um, but to be honest, JT, Hoyer's not going to get a chance to throw those deep balls if the offensive line doesn't get it together, you know, and if they're not giving him enough time for a play to develop, for Jacoby to uh, continue mm-hmm. to extend a play or, or, or Devontae, then this is going to be another ugly game. And so I feel like a lot of the pressure is going to be on the offensive line to, again, be aggressive and coach, I said it yesterday, has to be aggressive on first down. I'm tired of seeing him be so conservative on first down and then go to the podium and say, well, we have to get out of third and long. We have to be in more second and manageable. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I want to see more aggressive. I'm tired of seeing Josh Jacobs yeah. get hit two yards behind the line. So mm-hmm. if the offensive line can take it, then I'm confident that Hoyer or O'Connell can get it done this week. So, you know, more okay. pressure on the O-line this week. Yeah, I agree with you. Thanks for the call. Brian Hoyer signed a two-year $4.5 million contract with $4.2 million guaranteed. Man, that's a lot of money for a backup quarterback. A lot of money. He was brought in just for this point. And don't have sympathy for him. He's getting paid. He's a multimillionaire with this contract. He's getting paid a lot of money to not play. And now he's being asked to play, and he's thoroughly prepared by Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler. The whole organization has got this guy ready to play. He's a veteran who's played in important games, much more important games than this one. But this is our most important one in Raider Nation. Who cares what he did with the Patriots and where he was before? He's a Raider now. Need him to have a big game, a really big game. And I thought he did not manage the last game. He won it. Very important point. That's a question I'm going to ask the coach tomorrow. I don't think he managed the game. I thought he won it with the deep ball to Trey Tucker and the way he made some throws. Tell me how you got him ready and what his strength is. I'm going into believing that Hoyer's going to play. And if he doesn't play, I'm not going to get penalized points. No one's going to take some money out of my salary, I don't think. We're all guessing who's going to play because we hope Jimmy G can play. But I think Hoyer makes the most sense because of the importance of the game. Look, if the Raiders were 2-4, and four, if the Raiders were 3-7, and seven, if the Raiders were 7, you know, if they had 7 wins, Hoyer would be playing. But this is a game where Aiden O'Connell can wait. He can wait another game to throw it out because I think the Detroit game, Jimmy G will be back. I'm hoping Jimmy G will be back for this one. Rocky in Vegas. What's going on, man? Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. 
Hey, listen, uh, you know, I'm becoming, um, I'm starting to watch these Raiders play, and I was at the last mm-hmm. game, and I was down there in the black hole and watching the, nice. the game, and, and I just want to touch on a really important uh, deal here. Mm-hmm. I'm a, a big-time football fan, and the Raiders seem to be a three-point play team. Mm-hmm. All they can do is come up with field goals. So I'm looking at this, and it's been, say, at least a couple years. They're more into field goals than anything else. So my my take on the Raiders is, you know, they need to just start making some bigger plays at the 50-yard line instead of, you know, having to get down to the 10-yard line and start playing like a high school team. I mean, we have to. You guys would have to get a coach that can at least call some plays that can you can score six points. That's mm-hmm. what the game's about, not three points. So, I'm just saying that I've watched for at least two years, and I'm not the biggest Raider fan in the world, but mm-hmm. I can tell you, the the winning football teams are scoring touchdowns, not field mm-hmm. goals. Until the Raider organization looks in the mirror and says, why are we only getting field goals? I don't think much is going to change. Fair, Rocky. Fair point. Keep calling. I mean, I agree with you. You can't win with field goals. You can win a few ugly games with field goals. You need to score in the red zone. I I think they're working on that. I think they're working really hard on that. Josh McDaniel said it at an earlier in the week press conference that he's got to do a better job with the play calling in the red zone. And they got to do some more unique things when they're down there. The other team's defending the red zone. There's not a lot of space to work with. But you got so many different weapons for the red zone that are unique and different. Hunter Renfro, why he's still here, I would thought was a good red zone player. Jacoby Myers has the best chemistry, better than Devontae with Jimmy. So check Jacoby, check that box. He's fine in the red zone. Devontae Adams seems to be the issue. Not on his, not his fault. But Devontae Adams seems to be the issue. They don't want to throw him any high-point passes. They don't want to throw Devontae any balls that are 50-50 balls. I don't know why. I think what they're trying to do, correct me if I'm wrong, is to try to run more efficient routes in the red zone that you don't have to waste the throw and throw a, hey, 50-50 ball to Devontae. It might get knocked down. Devontae might not get it. When you see me in the black hole, when you are having a Modelo with me, if you know me and you know me, you know my number one pet peeve in the history of the Raiders, going back to Derek Carr, are these balls thrown out of the end zone in the red zone where guys are diving out of the end zone, diving, and it's hitting their hands, and I'm like, what the hell is that? Run the ball up the middle if you're going to throw it out of bounds. And it's not on the coach. The coach does not prepare the guys to throw it out of bounds. So Devontae might toe tap while he's six foot five trying to leap and catch a ball with his fingertips. That's not coached. That's not coached in the indoor facility and outdoor. They're not coaching, hey man, we're going to throw an out route and we're going to leave it three yards out of bounds and hope you have the greatest catch of your life. It is not coached that way. It's the bleeping quarterbacks that are throwing the ball out of bounds and it goes back to Derek Carr and it's here right now. Throw the ball in bounds. You're not good enough to waste balls. Oh, is everybody scared to death to throw an interception? Maybe that's the case. No one made me aware of that. If everybody's afraid to have seven, eight, nine interceptions, and they're going to remember when Derek would throw it out of bounds? It's like, what are you doing? Run. Just run and get one yard. 
Get one yard. I don't care, but don't throw it out of bounds. When you get in the red zone, run a crossing route. A two guys cross. Michael Mayer, who's a monster, monster, and Devontae Adams. You cross over the middle. Someone's going to blow up like a grenade. Some defensive back is going to get blown up because two monsters are crossing beneath them. I promise you one of those guys are going to be open. I promise you. Run the play. The quarterback. I'm not blaming the coach. I really am not. And I'm not saying, well, I'm pro-coach. I'm, I'm, I'm kissing the coach's ass. No. The coach ran these plays with Brady, Gronk, Edelman, Welker. He ran the plays and they ran them much better. Now, you're going to say, well, he had Brady. Oh, he had Brady. Brady this. You're right. But Jimmy Garoppolo's a really good player. Devontae's better than anybody, maybe other than Randy Moss. Randy ran the plays. I'm not saying Michael Mayer is Gronk. He looks like Gronk. He can run the same routes that Gronk ran. Jacoby Myers was as good as any number two receiver that the Patriots had in the heyday. All Josh McDaniels is doing is turning around behind him, opening up his file and taking the plays he ran with the Patriots. These guys aren't executing them. So if you want to rip the coach, rip them. Okay, if you want to rip the players, rip them. But it's the combination of them both not being on the same page. And for me, hold on, Bobby, I'm not done. Real quick, I blame the quarterbacks. I blame Derek Carr, and I blame Jimmy Garoppolo. Because they both had Josh McDaniels, and these are the plays. And they worked in the Super Bowl. They worked in the Super Bowl against much better opponents than the bleeping Bears and the Packers and what we just saw with this Patriot defense. What do you think he's? What do you think he ripped up the plays from the Patriots? Ripped them up and said we're not allowed to use them in a, in, in Vegas? Has everybody lost their minds? They got the plays. They got the players. They don't have the offensive line to block and and to let the plays mature and to get open. Book that rant and save that one. I'm going to need that rant. I'm going to need that because I didn't want to go down that road. I just went down that road. Run the plays better in the red zone. Figure it out. And then we'll discuss it on the radio. Come on. What am I missing? What was wrong there? We got the plays. got the players. It's the quarterback not executing the play because he either is not good enough yet, doesn't know the system, or the offensive line can't do their job good enough. You pick behind door number one, two, and three and get back to me. So Beringer on, he is holding it like a punt for the free kick. He walks, he pops it high in the air. The ball has to travel 10 yards. The Raiders call for the fair catch, and they hey, make it. Hunter it's Renfro. <laughs> At the 36-yard line, the former punt returner signals for the fair catch and makes it. <laughs> there has been a sighting. Hunter Renfro was on the field, and he caught a ball. Lincoln Kennedy on the call. That was a big play. Smart play by Hunter Renfro. JT back with you. That rant I just did. I had to walk around. I walked around the building. I did. I went outside and walked. Calm down a bit. Want the team to win. I want the team to win at all costs. Ever since I got hired by the Raiders, all I've ever wanted to see this team do is win every bleeping game for the Raider fans. 
That's it. Kevin Bollinger joins us from Fox 5, sports director, multiple award winner. Before we get to the Raiders, I'll be in Chicago for the Golden Knights. I just didn't realize it was the home opener for the Blackhawks. What's that all about? That's got to be the toughest ticket in Chicago since Michael Jordan, Kevin. Oh, big time. And uh, we're going to be there as well, Kevin. We're doing uh, double duty with uh, both Raiders and Golden Knights. And obviously the Bedard hype is through the roof in Chicago right now. Uh, everybody is fired up. The United Center is going to kind of feel a little Jordan-esque, I think, uh, maybe back to those those Bulls teams. Uh, you know, people mm-hmm. take their hockey very seriously, and, and so uh, they want to see the, the next coming with Bedard after uh, four road games to start the season, and uh, it's going to be a, a cool atmosphere there uh, coming up on Saturday night. Yeah, I don't know much about the strength of schedule this early in the season like you do, but they're off to a really good start. And I know they've had a couple of injuries. We had Gary Lawless on earlier in the week to talk about it. But the morale, the energy, the goal scoring. And tell me what you know about the goal tending with Hill again coming back. He seemed to have a pretty busy offseason traveling the cup, people getting to know him here. And he looks locked in early. Yeah, he does. You know, and, he, and he's always kind of just has that relaxed look. I always love it. Like when there's a, a break in the action, you kind of just see him arches back. Uh, over the top of the goal. He's just kind of got that, that go-with-the-flow relaxation thing that uh, we saw a lot from Marc-Andre Fleury as well when he was here with the Golden Knights. And he certainly performed well uh, in his three starts so far this year. Logan Thompson obviously performed well in his one start. Uh, if they can get that kind of production out of those goaltenders, because we know NHL goalies aren't going to play 65 games a year like they used to back uh, you know a decade ago. They want to kind of split it up maybe a little more 60-40 uh, if not 50-50, and the Golden Knights, if they have a good tandem like that, it bodes very well for them to uh, to make another run here at the Pacific Division and beyond. Kevin Bollinger joins us. Kevin, we got a lot of time for Jimmy Garoppolo a couple of more days. I don't like asking what your hunch is on this, but I think Hoyer is probably the better choice in this game if he has to go because he played well in the last game. How do you see it? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a catch-22, but uh, you know, when, when they started Aiden O'Connell, uh, in that Charger game, they wanted to get a look at what Aiden O'Connell can do. And I, and I you know, think that the way that he played in the second half maybe warrants another look and, and to do it in Chicago uh, against a team that's quite honestly the Raiders should go out and beat. Uh, you know, you want to see if he can get the job done. So, uh, you know, obviously Garoppolo not being in practice today is not a great sign. However, you know, he's in the meetings. If the doctors clear him, then, then I would anticipate that he would be there. But uh, if not, I guess I'm on the other side with you. I think that mm-hmm. we might see uh, O'Connell because I, I really think they want to see what he can do. And how ironic would it be if if Garoppolo cannot go? Uh, you you had the Hunter Renfro piece uh, coming back in for the commercial break. He might be the emergency quarterback uh, on Sunday if they, if it's going to be. O'Connell and, and Hoyer uh, listed as QBs. Yeah, I respect your opinion a lot. You're embedded with the team, and you know that. And if it's if it turns out that it's going to be Aiden O'Connell, I'm all for that. I just think the opinions on this one is going to be really important because it's going to show you, I think, the urgency of this game. And this is a very important game. Kevin, we all agree, and we talk a lot off the air, that you know, Raiders had a portion of their schedule they can get on a run, and this is it. And I'm looking at Chicago, and it's a very tough game to handicap and look at with Tyson Bajan because he's fresh. He led, the, he led all of college football with touchdown passes, but he looked sloppy in, in the mop-up work he had, and the offensive line for Chicago is one of the worst in football. You know, the interesting thing, especially with a young quarterback coming from a, a small school, Division two school, 
Last week he was thrown into the fire, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you have the adrenaline and everything going. This week he's the guy. The, the pressure, uh, the, the sleepless nights, if you will, right, the, the stuff that's going to run through his head uh, throughout the week, knowing that he's going to be the guy taking the taps. I'll be interested to see how that impacts his performance on Sunday. Uh, because it is going to be a bigger stage that, than he has ever been on as a starter. It's one thing to do it when you're in the midst of the game, but when you know you're the guy all week, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how this turns out on Sunday. Hey, finally, we're a month out from the race and F1, and I'm hearing just a lot of conflicting reports and what people think on tickets and hotel rooms and all of it. The traffic is going to be really intense as they clean this up. At Fox 5 in the sports department here, are you very optimistic that this is going to just be a mind-blowing event, kind of like U2, which we both saw over at the Sphere, and it's going to be perfect? Or do you think there's going to be some growing pains here? You know, there, there's obviously – there'll be little things maybe that people might not notice, but you, know, you and I have lived here long enough in Las Vegas to know that they do things right and mm. they get them right. And I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to get this right so it looks right to the worldwide audience, which is what it's going to be. Uh, it's not just something for, for people here in the States. The importance of this event for Las Vegas mm-hmm. is what it's going to show to everyone around the world that watches F1. And uh, I have no doubt that they're going to, to get it right. I'm also knowing that the traffic is going to be a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm glad I'm going to be in Miami with the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a pretty good assignment to have. I'll uh, text me when you guys get out there. Love to hook up with you in Chicago before the game. All right, thanks, JT. And Kevin Bollinger, Fox Five, really good guy, great guy, a tremendous, tremendous team he has over there at Fox Five. They and they travel. They're on the road as much as anybody here in time, town. Speed brick and then get out. Let me get everybody up here quickly. Ira in Tennessee, go ahead, Ira. Yeah, thank you again, JT. I always look forward to listening to your show every afternoon. I'm just so excited about this defense. The defense is giving up an average of 21 points a game. Mm-hmm. When was the last time that we could say that about a Raiders defense? I don't exactly know, but it's been a while that I've been comfortable with the Raider defense. I don't think it's the 11 angry men. It's not a defense led by Matt Millen. You know, and Howie Long, but Max Crosby's in the conversation at the same age as Howie Long and all these other great players here. So I'm very comfortable with them in a tough spot, which I wasn't before the season started. I'm really happy with this defense. Well, I think that, you know, some of this defense has kind of reminded me of the stuff in the early 2000s with Eric Allen mm-hmm. and, you know, shut down corners with Amik Robertson, um, you know, having Osamoa back in the mm-hmm. day. I'm really excited about this defense. Yeah, so am I. Thanks for the call. I wouldn't compare Amika Robinson at all to Eric Allen, ever. As in ever, Eric Allen should be in the Hall of Fame with 54. 54 career interceptions. Can you believe Eric Allen has 54 career interceptions, played with Reggie White, Buddy Ryan, the Raiders. I mean, one of the great players to ever play in the backfield. He's still not in the Hall of Fame. I'm losing my mind. I mean, this is a good friend of mine now. We've become really good friends. I cannot believe he's not in the Hall of Fame. It bothers me. Mitch in New Jersey. Go ahead, Mitch. Mitch, are you there? What's happening? JT, thanks for taking my call. Yep. Uh, I want to see Aiden, even though we're going to be drafting a quarterback next year. Hopefully one of his packs fall. And you got to give it to Josh Jacobs. There aren't that many good running backs. Mm-hmm. You still need running game. And I want to see- you know, and a backup too. And I want to see Zamir also. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd home. like to see more Zamir White. I would. If the, I'd like to see more Zamir White. 
He's playing a couple of years here, and he is the type of player that I'd like to see a little bit more of. But Josh is the big dog. He's the big dog who's going to get the ball. Paul in Vegas. Paul, wrap it up. Thank you. Hey, how you doing, JT? Good, thank you. Great, man. Can you take me off speakerphone? We're kind of losing you there. Go ahead. Get it in. Can you hear me now or no? Yeah, real, real bad, but go ahead. Just get something in quick. I just wanted to say that, you know, we need a new quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I love Garoppolo. He's a great guy and warrior, you know. Yeah, let me jump in. Your phone isn't good. Uh, You're going to get a new quarterback if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't play better. That's it. I mean, Jimmy, I like Jimmy. I'm pro-Jimmy. Who's more pro-Jimmy than anybody I know? I don't know. I'm pro-Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's really good. He won't be here long-term if he doesn't play better. I expected him to play better. I knew he'd get banged up a little bit, and I think that him getting hurt is a fluke. He got concussed. Has nothing to do with anything. Every you get a concussion, you're out. It's not because you're injury prone. You got a concussion, and what happened internally to him after this game, during this game, is something that could happen to any human being on earth. It happens in car accidents every minute of every day. And the NFL's a car accident on every play for these quarterbacks when they get hit. Let's hope that Jimmy comes back and he starts clicking. It's sort of been I said this to someone the other day. This this week would have been the best week for the bye week. The best week, Garoppolo and Nate Hobbs would have been better if that, and the bye week is until week, what is it, week 11, 13? Oh, wow. Man, that is, that's a long time. This would have been a good week for the bye week. It truly would have been. But we got to hope that Jimmy heals well and he's ready to go because Jimmy Garoppolo can play. You can't erase Jimmy Garoppolo's career winning percentage, you can't erase it. He's going to go and retire someday and sit and own a restaurant or a bar or a business, and people are going to say, that Jimmy Garoppolo is a good player. He won a lot of games. Played in the Super Bowl. Not many people can say that on God's green earth. We want to see him do it as a Raider. And if he comes in there and he can play on Sunday, I think he'd win over a lot of fans if he can. If he can't, no problem. Sit this one out, Jimmy. We got you. The team's good enough to win. The team's got to get to four and three. Big show lined up tomorrow. Tomorrow I interview the coach in the morning. Then we come back. I believe we have Jason Horowitz. We usually have him, the voice of the Raiders, every other Thursday. And a couple other guests lined up to go. That's about it. My head is kind of moving around today. I uh, spent a little bit more energy on the show than I thought today. (laughs) On a Wednesday. A little bit more than I thought. But I am going to get in the pool because I like to get in the pool this time of year and it'll be fun. And then we'll do it again tomorrow. No national show tonight. Find out what I'm doing on YouTube. It's all up there on YouTube. JT, the brick on YouTube with the YT at the end. Subscribe. Check out what we're doing. Thanks to Bobby for putting the show together. Vinny, Kevin, we're fantastic coming in. Appreciate everybody. Thanks for listening. Q's on deck. He always has a monster show lined up for you. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, guys.